Welcome to Broad Gauge Gossips, the podcast where you can learn about the faculty of the Department of Military History in the U.S. Army Command and General Staff College. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Department of the Army, Department of Defense, or U.S. Government. Hello, this is Dr. Jonathan Abel, and I'm here with Dr. Mitchell Klingenberg. Good morning. And we're here to talk today a little bit about your background and interests. So let's go ahead and start with your academic and professional background. Tell us a little bit about what you study, what you research, and where you've worked. Great. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me on the program. Uh, my background is, is pretty straightforward. I was trained at a small liberal arts college, uh, Hillsdale College, studied German and history. So the German program was uh, literature and linguistics. And the history was a, was a broad curriculum uh, that, that offered courses in, in U.S. history and also European and uh, world history. Mm-hmm. Went on to pursue a master's at TCU down in Fort Worth uh, in U.S. history, and I studied the, the Civil War era under Stephen Woodworth, and then continued on to, to complete a Ph.D. under his direction also, and uh, that, that set me on a course uh, to doing what I'm doing in PME. Mm-hmm. And so those are the, the broad contours. Okay, so uh, w- on your academic side, you, you mentioned kind of a Civil War background. What else did you do kind of in terms of your comp fields? Sure. So uh, I was actually grandfathered into a, a different Ph.D. qualifier method at mm-hmm. TCU, which was the, the portfolio uh, model. Uh, but my fields were in early modern Europe, Reformation and Counter-Reformation studies. Which makes sense with German. Yeah, Correct. And then uh, also, uh, at that time, the, the military history subfield was not a testable field, but mm-hmm. uh, it was still a, a concentration. Mm-hmm. And so that was my other, my other field. Uh, but uh, the, the major concentrations were U.S. to 1877, U.S. since 1877, early modern Europe, and then the, the military history kind of underlay all of that. Okay. Uh, and and w- in terms of your professional, your teaching career, tell us a little bit about where you've worked and what you've taught. Sure. Well, I've started from the bottom up, uh, basically as a graduate instructor of record. Uh, we, we called them teaching assistants, mm-hmm. merely at TCU. Uh, my first full-time position was, was that of a, a lecturer, an instructor at the college preparatory level in an upper school um, in Fort Worth uh, called the Trinity Valley School. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly selective, pretty rigorous college preparatory environment. And then uh, I taught U.S. history for a minute on the faculty at Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas, in the, the Piney Woods. Yep, Nacogdoches. Yeah, uh, Axum Jacks, as they like to say there. <laughs> and then uh, completed the dissertation and uh, accepted a postdoctoral fellowship uh, and instructorship at the Army War College in mm-hmm. Carlisle, PA. And so that took me from the great state of Texas to the Northeast mm-hmm. uh, and to uh, Hershey country and you know all of that. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, you, you also, ca- I believe, came to us from West Point. Correct. Yeah. So after um, a two and a half year stint at the U.S. Army War College, uh, I accepted a position um, at the United States Military Academy at West Point. Taught there for a year. Taught courses uh, in the institutional history of the Army, a, a newer offering called the Army of the Republic, uh, leading citizen soldiers, and then um, the HI three hundred two military art since nineteen hundred mm-hmm. offering. Okay, so let's dive a little bit more deeply into to what you research and write on. Tell us a little bit about the, the topics that interest you and, and what you write and publish on. Sure. Well, I was trained in the Civil War era broadly uh, in, in what one might call the, the new military history, right? And so my dissertation looked at 
conventional uh, campaigning, but also looked at the political and religious forces that shaped army institutional culture and the, the life of my dissertation subject, John Reynolds, uh, at that time. Uh, and at that time, meaning the antebellum era, Reynolds saw service in Mexico, of course, mm-hmm. uh, out in Utah in the Mormon Wars, in the Oregon country, in the Rogue River Wars, before the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he was killed very famously at the Battle of Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. So my dissertation kind of looked at all of that, but my research interests reflect kind of the long 19th century and uh, the, the forces that shaped American military history in the United States at mm-hmm. that time. Uh, and since then, uh, since my work, especially in Carlisle, uh, my research has broadened a little bit. I was, I was tasked with developing some curriculum and, and writing a case study for my department uh, in Carlisle, and so I, I wrote on multinational coalition warfighting uh, at the turn of the century in 1900 mm-hmm. and looked at the China Relief Expedition as a case in that. And, and from that research, I've been able to develop a couple articles and, and also a monograph that was published in May with the Strategic Studies Institute and the War College Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's called Americans and the Dragon. And that's an official Army publication, so that's not a shameless book promo for the record. <laughs> but uh, Good. in any event, so I'm, I'm looking to finish my, my uh, first book on, on the U.S. Army life of Reynolds. And then I anticipate uh, broadening my research into the 20th century with a, with a follow-up on the China campaign of 1900, a more comprehensive campaign history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I've also enjoyed reading into and around the First World War, and um, I've increasingly come to appreciate that. And mm-hmm. So I, I am a generalist in some sense, but uh, with, with training and background in the Civil War. Okay, and, and uh, we share a couple research interests, particularly uh, religion and military history. If, am I remembering correctly that Reynolds was Catholic? Uh, he was not, though some wondered if secretly he might become one. Mm-hmm. He was he was uh, engaged to a Roman Catholic okay, uh, that at was the time it, of yeah. his death. Yeah, yeah. And, and how did that play in, in the antebellum and Civil War era American military? Was it an issue, or, or did it become one? That's a great question. Um, you know, the institutional culture of the army, such as it was, really privileged the place of Episcopalianism mm-hmm. in the United States. And uh, if one attended West Point in the antebellum era, he was required to sit through Episcopalian uh, chapel services. Um, there was a moment where uh, I think Lutherans enjoyed a more pronounced presence at the academy, but it was by and large Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the place of Catholics in Civil War era America, that's contested, right, among scholars. There are those who suggest that Catholics were, from the first, very marginalized and, and on the outskirts of respectability. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the recent scholarship uh, suggests that Catholics were very active in carving out space culturally and socially for themselves in the Civil War era. Uh, Bill Kurtz has written a nice book on this um, and, and concludes that Though they did a lot, they were still somewhat marginalized. But it's hard to say. I, I think sometimes the the Catholic minority trope is a little overwrought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, to be clear, the the cultural underpinnings of the country and you know the uh, I think I think social conditions in this era largely favored Protestants. Mm-hmm. Did that matter? I, obviously, Reynolds is a very high-ranking officer, West Point graduate. Uh, did it matter in the ranks? This, this religious, perhaps confessional um, tension? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I, I'm not so sure that it would have, um, I, especially in, in a conflict like the Civil War where so many of the, the volunteers uh, and later uh, conscripts, but then also you know the, the, the mid-war enlistments uh, come from very urban centers. And, and of course, there are a sizable number of Catholics serving in the army. Mm-hmm. 
uh, at the time, and you see this especially in the Army of the Potomac. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also was not uncommon for the Westerners, right? Those, those especially from Ohio, to come from very Catholic mm-hmm. backgrounds. So I don't think that it was particularly a problem. I think among officers, especially Reynolds being an Episcopalian, was probably par for the course. Okay, very interesting. Uh, shifting gears a little bit to another interest we share, which is both literature and history. Um, sure. you, you mentioned you have this background in German literature. You mentioned you have um, what what Europeanists often call a Rimref field, hmm. um, and then this this these Americanist interests. So, are you able to marry kind of the literary studies background with the history at all, or do you just kind of treat them separately? Oh, that's a great question. I. I think uh, as a historian, I would treat them separately, but I, I think it's important for historians to read widely in literature and to have a literary sense, because I think that improves not only the quality of prose, but I think it improves the imaginative scope of, of research. Um, for myself, I, I can say that I think my writing has improved because of reading beyond the discipline, mm-hmm. and uh, whether that be um, whether that be Civil War era fiction, you know, I, I came to a a love of the Civil War through Michael Shera's Killer Angels, probably like a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, or through reading novels about the Southwest. I'm very fond of Willa Cather's writings, or, or Texana literature, right? Mm-hmm. Cormac McCarthy. Yep, you're required uh, to be if you're in Texas yeah, for any length of yeah. time. May he rest in peace. Yep. But um, no, I think I think all that matters, and uh, I would say it has informed my approach to history, and uh, I hope it has improved my writing. Oh, very good. Uh, you have now worked in kind of the Army's three levels of professional military education at West Point, the undergraduate level, now here, the ILE, the intermediate level, and the senior level at the Army War College. Um, so how does that experience prepare you to teach the, the middle level, the ILE, here? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, well, I think, uh, I think what unites the three levels is an approach to the study of military history and that approach is one that holds military history as critical not so much for its academic uh, value but for how it informs an officer's approach to appreciating and understanding complex problems Mm -hmm. and I think at all three levels uh, but especially here and especially at the senior service level there is that emphasis which is to say that uh, the, the lifespan or the career of one officer is not enough to prepare her or him for the kinds of problems she or he could reasonably expect. Mm-hmm. And wars are funny. When things go sideways, uh, you, you encounter strange things. And there's no way that uh, previous deployments or previous assignments um, in the life of one person could adequately prepare you for those things. And so I think that the emphasis of, of this department um, the emphasis of the Department of History at West Point, and uh, the emphasis in the curriculum on historical mindedness at the Army War College all have this in common, which is to say that um, you have to be functionally literate, and you become functionally literate in the profession by studying the experiences of people who have gone before you. And uh, we, we tend to imbue our historical present with a kind of exceptionalism, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, which is to say that, well, things are crazier now than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. They're more complex now than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the challenges are harder now. Hypersonics, AI, lethal autonomous systems, blah, 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 right? Uh, but what you find, I think, through a careful study of military history is, is people in previous generations and in previous conflicts or in peacetime have had similar problems. The, the character of those problems, the outward manifestation of them looks and feels a little different, right? But the essence of them 
is, is remarkably consistent. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, what unites the three levels is that approach. Oh, very good. Uh, so uh, maybe a, a little bit lighter question. You have migrated in your personal and professional life a couple times, right? So you mentioned you're from, from the upper Midwest. Yep. You lived in Texas for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania, New York. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Just living in all those different wow. climates and places and we, we share having spent a lot of time in Texas. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, it's it's an unusual professional journey, I think. Uh, and, and perhaps even though I've, I'm not uniformed, I, I can appreciate more um, the difficulties that military families have, which is the constant moving, moving, moving. Uh, and it's not always easy. But I will say I feel very fortunate to have lived in several different places and to experience those cultures. Mm -hmm. uh, the Great Lakes culture of West Michigan um, you know, and, and Upper Michigan is really wonderful, especially in summertime. Less so in, in winter. You know, <laughs> it's always winter, never Christmas, right? yeah. as, as I like to joke. But um, I grew up very fond of, of kind of the lakes and the Great Lakes and anything on or near the water. Mm -hmm. So I loved that from my childhood. Texas was great, especially formative. No natural lakes. No natural lakes, but uh, if you if you like college football and barbecue, it, it is a good place for you, mm -hmm. and I like those things. So I like Texas. That was the first place I lived for any extended period of time after college, so it was a particularly formative mm -hmm. place for me. Met very meaningful friends there. Um, got introduced to you know the great red dirt mm -hmm. country music scene, so the all the yep. legends and. I loved that, and of course, great Texas literature. So Texas was formative. Um, moving up to, to PA, that was great. Um, I, I loved the fall, and it was wonderful to be in a place that had real falls again, mm -hmm. not one that just comes on a Tuesday, you know, and then it's, yes. it's cold or, you know, spring comes on a Tuesday too, and then it's 110 degrees for a long time. Yes. So I loved being near apple orchards and being able to enjoy, you know, good, uh, good apple pies and apple picking and hiking and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and then of course the Hudson River Valley is is beautiful and um, you know of course inspired a, an artistic mm -hmm. uh, movement so mm -hmm. not much needs to be said there that was a wonderful place to live and it was nice to have the, the city close by and you know travel down on the train and see the Met and you mm -hmm. know do the High Line and of course pay my respects to William Tecumseh Sherman and see his grand statue the the Sun God Ends piece right mm -hmm. really really marvelous so I feel very fortunate on the whole to have lived where I've lived, and I'm really excited to be in the Kansas City metropolitan area now, too. And um, again, going back to the barbecue, I love love baseball, and, and the, the Royals have some work to do yeah. on this front. But of course, you know, in, in summer, it's great for collegiate baseball and with the College World Series just next door up the road. So, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, the World War I Museum. I'm, I'm really thrilled uh, about, uh, about what Kansas City holds. Very good. Dr. Klingenberg, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Please be sure to check out our other podcast, A Confused Heap of Facts, where we sit down with military historians from the Department of Military History and special guests to talk about topics in military history.